Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode 148, Bless the Rains Down in Africa. Welcome to the Nut Nerd Podcast. I am Nate Heath, and we are here to help you tech better. We have all kinds of follow-up, news, tips, all kinds of stuff today. And with me, as always, is Mr. Dave Baylor. Well, hello, everyone. Hello to you, Nate. It's what a great day. We enjoyed some time together this morning planning, and we had a wonderful lunch oh, at a at a non. We shouldn't name the name of the restaurant, which involves multiple guys. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Code word: multiple guys. Multiple guys. Ah, it was really good though. So, yes. Anyway, I'm ready here to help people tech better, and you were right. We have a dense list of topics to cover today. Let's get right into it. Follow up. So, bird scooters. There's the bird scooters, lime scooters. I went and rode one. Uh, bird. I I read in this article their valuation is two billion with a B dollars. <sighs> wow. <laughs> yes. Two billion. billion. That's man. You, ah. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But they have actually. So all these scooter companies have just kind of bought off-the-shelf scooters and modified them with their little yeah. sensor and everything. They've actually built their own scooter now. It's a little more rugged, could handle a little more, hmm, has more. a speedometer on it. Kind of more um, commercialized. Yes, and it's specific to them. Um, and they're going to start rolling it out in some cities. Portland was not on that list. But I also have to consider that uh, as we move into October – Portland is not becoming a great city for scooters. No. It's the rain. The oh, the weather. other cool thing they're doing is a delivery service. Uh, so they will drop off a scooter overnight if you need one in the morning or whenever. Okay. So I, I did you, not think that's where you're going. I was thinking someone's using scooters to make oh, deliveries. I'm sure that's happening too. But with this, if you knew you could ride a scooter to work, they would just drop one off every night. And so this is really where it starts to get into this autonomous vehicle type stuff where it's right. just – so convenient for people. If I lived in the city of Portland, worked in the city of Portland, right. and they would deliver a scooter to me for what, maybe 50 cents a dollar. I don't know if they're going to charge for that. And then ride it to work and have one waiting for me when I got off work. That'd be money right there. Then you could count on it a little more instead of wandering around your neighborhood trying to find one. Uh, next story that last week we talked about Amazon raising all of their mm-hmm. salaries to $15. Well, they also released some more information about this. They're cutting all their bonuses yeah. and stock benefits to these employees. Right. Uh, so it, it's Careful still, what you wish for. It still should work out to uh, be more compensation for them. But I kind of like having a bonus structure and having an opportunity. Performance-based pay I like right. as opposed to I show up. Everybody who shows up to work gets paid the same amount. Lazy people don't like performance-based pay. That's true. Here's the part that would rub me the wrong way. If I had been working at an Amazon warehouse for right. five years and was had gotten all the way up to $16 an hour, <laughs> yeah. uh, everybody above $15 an hour currently is getting a $1 raise. So somebody who's starting day one gets $15 an hour. And if I was making 16, then I'm making 17. Mm. Um, I understand we are the most nonpartisan tech podcast on the internet. Right. I understand that there are benefits for everybody making more money, but that would be pretty frustrating if I had worked my butt off to move up. And then all these people are kind of automatically caught up with me. But guess but, what? You're replaceable. Yes. If you're, if you're working in an Amazon warehouse, 
the guy below you can just take your job. This is true. This is true. So that was just a quick update on that. Once we got some more details after they got all these this praise and everybody was saying they're the greatest company. I also heard that a lot of it is based on the fact that they're trying to avoid unionization mm-hmm. of their employees, right. uh, which would affect them. There was a study, Nielsen did a study on smart speaker use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your Amazon Echoes and all of that kind of things um, in the household and what people are using them for. And shockingly, everybody is using them mostly to listen to music. That is a shocker. Uh, that's the only thing we really use ours for. Um, that's what 90% of what we use ours for. Yeah. So users during a typical week, 90% using it for music, about 80 for real-time information like weather and traffic, mm-hmm. uh, factual information, trivia history, 75%, and then news, chat with your voice assistant. 68% of people on a weekly basis are chatting with their voice assistant for fun. It's uh, great fun. There's a, hey there, you Barbara. Chat with, chat with yes, real people. Oh, How's man. it going? And then alarms and timers is another big one, too. Devices synced to smart speaker. Most people have their mobile phone, TV. Have you ever asked your smart device to tell you a joke? Uh, I have. I yeah. have. Were there any uh, good ones? Not really, and I never did it again. I think I heard somebody else do it. <laughs> yeah. um, but the study also, they broke it down by hours of the day, morning, afternoon, early evening, what people are using it for, how many minutes they're using it for. And it looks like per three-hour period, it's anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, you can look more yeah. into that. It's and they also show, they show like what devices are synchronized. And as you imagine, lots of mobile phones. TVs. Like I said yeah. a few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's almost like I was playing a game. <laughs> yeah, almost. Uh, beauty and charge gate update with the iPhone 10s's. We talked about the not news last week. Mm-hmm. The beauty gate, it, everybody has figured out. It's just doing some different smoothing, and it's taking better pictures, so they look a lot different. There was a lot more noise before, which made it look more authentic. Uh, yeah. So it's not this crazy. There's conspiracy. no conspiracy. But I will say this, in the pictures that I've seen, I think Apple could back off a little bit on making the lighting on people's faces uniform Hmm. because our faces are curved things. And so the light hits them brighter in some areas and darker in other areas. And the algorithm was really good at smoothing that lighting out, but it almost looks artificial. Yes. You do have to remember, take it all with a grain of salt, because every picture that they post in an article is going to be the most extreme example they could find. Yes. Uh, because then they get more clicks. The charge gate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the iOS 12.1 beta, they've fixed this, we'll so fix it's it. not an issue. So uh, that one's resolved. Fortnite, we haven't talked about Fortnite for a while, but they hit $300 million in revenue in 200 days since yep. they've been just on iOS. Mm-hmm. So less than a year, they've brought in $300 million. Wow. That's some good money. That's some good money. You know good. what else is good? Yeah, what's that? Dave's Pro Tip of the Week. This week, we have a very special listener question. Somebody sent us a text message via our phone number, 608-618-NERD. And the question says, I'm going on a safari in Africa, but don't want to bring a camera with a telephoto lens. Is there an attachment to my iPhone 8 that would be of similar quality that I could purchase that y'all would recommend? (laughs) Signed, Lou. Yes. Well... I have researched devices like this in the past, and since we got this message, I did a little more research. 
And I've got to tell you, anytime you're getting a third-party lens that just kind of clips onto the outside of your phone and expect wonderful results, you're going to be disappointed. Well, especially when you're spending under $30 yes. for said lens. Right. There are a variety. We'll just talk about the options real quick. There is the kind of the macro little clip-on lens you can get so you can take up-close pictures. There's not going to be very helpful for a safari. Not for a safari. There's the fisheye wide-angle uh, type thing, or I guess it's fisheye. They're wide-angle separate. That makes everything look like fisheye. You can usually get more of the area around you by using a fisheye lens. Great for like sports, snowboarding, skating, that type of stuff. It's really cool. Not going to help you for Safari. Again, the wide angle actually is good. It it makes the format of the the frame much wider so you can get more of the scene, which might be helpful for Safari. And then there's the telephoto, which is what the specific question was about. Now, these things in my experience and I've experimented with a couple and I've watched a bunch of videos of people trying them out. Typically what you do is you clip it on your phone and you see a circle with your scene inside the phone, just because the way the optics work, it kind of has this pinhole look. So you generally have to do a digital zoom of probably two to 5% to crop out Mm -hmm. the black circle that's there. Now you're finally looking at the zoomed in scene Well, with these low-quality plastic lenses, usually plastic, you're getting a lot of spherical aberration. Look it up. You're getting kind of these Lomo effects where some parts of the scene are out of focus and some are in focus just because due to the poor quality of these lenses. I have yet to find a very high-quality, like all-aluminum glass-constructed telephoto lens for your smartphone. They don't exist. Mm -hmm. However, I will say that the moment lenses for your iPhone. I don't know if they make them for Android. I think they do for other man- for other phone manufacturers, but I've seen them used extensively for iPhone and they do offer a 2x option uh, for their lens. They're expensive. They're 70, 80, 100 dollars depending on which ones you get. Uh, they are aluminum uh, frames with high quality glass lenses yes. and they come with a case that snaps onto your phone. They lock into the case quite easily. So you can take them on and off quite easily. And they're the best. There is no question that these are the premium best option for your phone. But you have to ask yourself, is a 2X lens on a Safari in Africa going to be enough to replace my digital uh, camera, Mm -hmm. my zoom, my point and shoot camera, my digital SLR? So my recommendation would be maybe instead of spending $100 on a moment lens that goes on your phone, spend $150, $200, go to Costco, go to Best Buy, and pick up a uh, $200 point-and-shoot from yes. Sony or Fuji or uh, Canon, one mm-hmm. of these, and just take that with you. fits in your pocket. You usually have like an 8 to 10x zoom on the thing. Uh, they're very robust. They take your standard SD cards. Generally, very water and dust proof. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, that would be my recommendation. So, yeah, there's any a, more thoughts on that? There's a spectrum because we were talking about this some. So, the cheapest thing, if you're going to have your phone with you, is just take pictures with your phone. Now, right. if you try to zoom in to see the lion because it's a quarter mile away, you're going to see a blob of orange pixels. Yeah. Uh, so that would be the easiest option, I think. Like you were talking about, there are some like 18x zoom lens for your iPhone. You can watch video reviews on them. 
for one, they're going to be very shaky because of that telephoto action. So unless you have a tripod and you're very stable, yeah. it's not going to be great. There's the moment lens, mm-hmm. um, which would be a good option to a, as an attachment to the phone. But now this is an iPhone 8. They do not have the 2X option, correct? Yes. Yeah. So it would. it's just the single camera. So the yeah. 2X t- moment would be good on that. And then uh, the next step... I think would definitely be the point and shoot. I was actually looking at Best Buy earlier today. There's some in the 200 to 250 range that'll have uh, anywhere from like a 25 to 45 X optical wow. zoom. So that would really give you the option. Mm-hmm. And if you lose that, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's... Uh, and then the other option would be a DSLR. I was telling you, it'd be great if these safaris would rent mm. cameras. Having been in Africa, I know that just some of the infrastructure for doing that and the it's, security options for them possible. having a bunch of cameras around is not great. Uh, actually, best suggestion, being a group of people with somebody that brought their big old huge <laughs> $10,000 camera set up and yeah. then pay them some money to get copies of the picture. It depends what you're looking for, too. If you're looking to have something that shows that you were in the middle of nowhere in Africa, your phone's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to do a mural on one of the walls in your home of the pictures you took at poster size, uh, you're going to need something more serious. So there's a lot of factors to consider there. As with any photo taking, you have to consider what you're really looking to get out of it. But I I do think the point and shoot is going to be the best option for you Mm -hmm. overall. Then you don't even have to necessarily have your phone with you all the time uh, or out. You can have this point and shoot that is kind of disposable. Make sure you have a couple of SD cards. Make sure you're trying to figure out a way to back stuff up. Yeah, And for $30, I know it's a little steep, and I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, they do make a lightning to SD card card adapter that you can buy from Apple. Um, like I said, it's twenty nine ninety nine or whatever. You can take the SD card from your point-and-shoot camera, yeah. stick it into the bottom of your phone through this adapter, suck in all the pictures into your camera roll, and then you can either upload them to the internet or have a backup of them on your phone so that you don't risk. Like if you do drop your, your yes. little point-and-shoot into the river and there's an alligator sitting there and you don't want to grab it, uh, you've got your pictures from the day before. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so we love your listener questions. That's a very good practical thing that yeah. applies to a lot of things besides just um, being on Safari in Africa because not all of our listeners, I do know that most of our listeners usually annually go on a Safari to Africa. <laughs> most of them, yeah. Uh, but for those of you who don't, hopefully that gives you just some ideas on mm-hmm. what you're going to get out of these cheap lenses on yeah. Amazon versus you the You get what you options. pay for mostly. This is true. Uh, also, so mostly true, our five takes of the week, uh, Todd on the Facebook page, which you should be on and the Facebook group, mm-hmm. he posted this big article this week about these tiny chips, the size of a tip of a pencil that were put in these servers at all these major companies, Apple and Amazon. Well, Apple and Amazon, I saw today an update right before we were going to record the show. Apple actually told Congress, we have never found these. They're flat out denying that they, this, they're part of They're strongly denying like... Basically on oath that this has never happened to them. Now, Bloomberg stands by their story saying they have sources saying that happened. So what happened? There was these servers that were really great for video processing. Mm -hmm. And so everybody wanted to buy them. Lots and lots of companies bought them. And some of them, they have found Amazon, when they were buying a company that helped make these servers... 
they did all this security testing, found this extra little chip on the motherboard that supposedly was talking back to China. Yeah, it's like a, providing a this phone home chip or something. Uh, the article, the original article, I'm not going to link to it because I think it was horribly written. I tried to read through the whole thing, and it just jumps around. And every chance they get, they say, and Apple, and Apple, because that's what people click on. And mm-hmm. Bloomberg made a ton of money, even if they were completely wrong on this article. They made so many, so much click money. That's what's frustrating to me is like, mm-hmm. hey, somebody find them for maybe Apple will sue them for and yeah. Amazon because Amazon said the same thing. So I, I'm not linking to the original article, but uh, Apple and Amazon. So there'll be more on this, but mm-hmm. it was a big outrage. And that's why Todd asked. He said, you know, I don't know what you guys think of Bloomberg. And usually B- Bloomberg is pretty uh, respectable as far as their reporting. But I could tell just from reading through the article, it seemed pretty vague. There was no proof of any information being transferred back. No. Uh, which, if you're an Apple or an Amazon, you have security procedures in place with your firewalls that with aren't going to let yeah. a bunch of random data start just streaming uh, back to some unknown server in China. So that that one's going to fade away pretty quick. Uh, and. I hope everybody out there got the text message from the United States government, the test on – I was actually sitting out at a client – what was it? Wednesday – Wednesday yeah, afternoon, like Wednesday late morning, and everybody's phone started vibrating. And they go, oh, yeah, there's the text from the president, which it's not really a text from the president. He does not have a magic phone no. on his desk that sends us out. But there was a lot of people that didn't get the text message. And we've got a link to an article that talks about a lot of the reasons why that might not happen if you were in airplane mode. Obviously, it can't handle to you. It should go to all carriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are different things you could be doing that might not let you get that message. Um, So you can check that out if you did not get the text message and see maybe why you did not. Microsoft had a big announcement this week Mm -hmm. with their new hardware. Um, Lots of new stuff. Yeah, there was... I keep hearing people saying that Microsoft has the best computer lineup of any company now after this new announcement, that they are just killing it. They are not killing it. They're still running Windows, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so they announced a bunch of different things. Uh, so there is a link in the show note. Show notes. Well, they said hardware lineup. That doesn't necessarily mean the software is any good. That's running. Well, on, yes, but it's still like two of the laptop devices don't have USB-C on them, which is becoming more of a standard. Yeah, that was a very odd choice they made um, to people take are off. for some reason people are very excited that Microsoft is doing this hardware. Uh, so they announced a new Surface Pro Six. This is the next model of mm-hmm. Surface Pro, uh, the very compact kind of tablet laptop hybrid. Yep. They did the Surface Laptop 2, which is more of just a laptop. The Surface Studio 2, which is the big, huge screen that goes on your desk that kind of slides down to be more of an easel type. It's like an thing. iMac that can recline so yes. you can draw on it. Uh, and they've upped the specs a little bit on that. They're still behind on that device, which they have all the room. Why not? They're seventh gen chips, which the latest are the eighth gen. Yeah, that, it's a it's a cost cutting. Yeah, and they but they still start. It starts at thirty five hundred dollars. What do you need to cut costs on for th- when you're selling a thirty five hundred dollar product? Wowzers! I'd rather get an iMac. Yeah, the Surface Laptop Two starts at a thousand dollars, and the Surface Pro Six starts at nine hundred dollars. So everybody that says Apple's really expensive, uh, look at that. Then they announced the Surface headphones. 
yeah. which are these big, old, over-the-ear, huge... I think this is a, their take on AirPods. Yeah. It's like, we want to get into the headphone business. So. Yes. So we're going to make these huge Beats-looking thing that start at $350. Mm. Uh, and they don't really... They have some different levels of noise cancellation. I don't know... I don't know why you would buy these. They do have a new plan that some people might like, the Surface All Access, where you can start at $25 a month, hmm. where you're basically doing like the Apple payment plan. You get a Surface, and you pay it off over two years, but you also get Office 365 oh, built into nice. it. So it's kind of a bundle for Microsoft, uh, which that I could definitely see people that need a little Windows device. They don't need a ton of power. Well, think of a college student. Option. They're like, I can afford $25 a month. Yes. I get a computer. I get... Office, that's all I need. Yep. Uh, they also announced that the Windows 10 October 2018 update uh, was being released, and then they quickly pulled it because people were finding it was deleting all of the files in their documents <laughs> folder, which goes back to a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about when you upgrade your operating system. Yeah. Make sure you have a backup first because there's right. some people that are not happy right now. So they are no longer releasing that update to mm-hmm. people. That's good. Uh, and then the one other thing, phone mirroring. So for Android mm. apps, this is kind of a right interesting play where you could mirror f- apps from your Android phone to your Windows computer and Windows 10. Right. Um, it kind of projects it onto your screen. And yes. can you interact with them, or is it merely to view only? I believe you can interact. That's kind of the idea okay. is that you'd be able to do things. Uh, so you can have maybe a second monitor or off to the side running some, let's say, Twitter application that you really like on your phone. Yes. It can be on your computer screen so that you can run it kind of in a window while you're doing something else. Yes. Very cool. But, I, and it, yeah, it's... I will be interesting to see how that works out because if it has to be running on your phone to be running on your screen, what's Probably. the purpose of? Yeah, why so, not just use your phone? But we'll yeah. see. Once once they re-release the October update and that people can actually use it, we'll see how it works. Yeah, uh, good point. And I might I might have to buy an Android phone just for some of this testing type stuff. I've got I a nineteen oh two version that you can <laughs> yes. have. I will pass on that. I'm sure it has to be running Android Pie, so probably point zero zero percent of phones. Uh speaking of which, Google has their announcement uh that will actually be October 9th, so before you hear this podcast. Um, but the nice thing is, is we pretty much know everything they're planning on releasing. Yeah, I saw a preview from a Hong Kong uh, outlet of what was an Engadget or something, uh, Pixel 3. It's not yes. out for a few more days, and there's a whole video on it. Yes. Yeah. So a bunch of people got their hands on these phones, uh, the Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3 XL. Um, they're sticking with the single camera with their magic Google Photos thing to do the depth mm-hmm. photos. Uh, the XL will have a notch, so it will look more, but it still has a chin on the bottom of it. Yeah. So it's kind of halfway in between a Pixel and an iPhone. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure the camera is going to be amazing. People love the Pixel 2 camera. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I you do have to keep in mind, somebody was saying on a podcast yesterday, the Pixel 2, uh, they sold somewhere between 3 and 4 million of these in the last year. So the share of these, I was looking at another report talking about iPhone or smartphone market share. Mm-hmm. Google's still listed in the other category, tech Reporters talk about the Pixel phones as being great. Nobody else even knows, but everybody's buying Samsung. So in my the question US. is, how many do they have to sell to be profitable? I don't. I don't know. 
Because is this just a loss leader? I mean, well, like a few yeah, million they, doesn't sound like very much. No, no. When, when you've spent billions on infrastructure to build these and things. And re- research, yeah. Well, depends how many people are actually using them so they can get more ad revenue to make money there. That's true. Uh, there's going to be like a charging station and a new home hub, which again is a tablet that plugs into the wall like the mm-hmm. Amazon one. A tablet, laptop type thing. The Pixel Book 2. Pixel Book 2, which is... Again, it's a over a thousand dollar Chromebook. No, uh, I just so don't. Much. And maybe they'll update the Pixel Buds, which I don't think anybody bought. I would love to know how many of those things they sold, uh, besides free ones they gave to the press. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll I'll link in the show notes about the um, the actual Google event when it happens, mm-hmm. and then next week if there's anything crazy that you need to know about, we'll get back to it. We haven't talked much lately. We kind of always talk about cutting the cord mm-hmm. and the cable versus the knot and the, all the drifting, different streaming services. Well, I had two articles this week. One was on the fact that BitTorrent and piracy is on the rise again because to be able to get everything you want access to, you have to have 25 different services. Right. There are a couple of shows that I want to watch on HBO, but I don't want to spend – it's. It's over ten dollars. Fifteen like bucks 15 a month. Yeah, to watch uh, Game of Thrones and uh, Silicon Valley. Valley. Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, it's like I'm interested in those, but I don't want to spend fifteen bucks a month to get them. Yeah, yeah. So you do. I guess you do fifteen dollars for one month. Watch them. Make sure binge. you watch them and then yeah. get off of it. But I might do that. So people, are, but really, as much piracy as friends of mine have done over the years. Not me. Uh, I'm not people the I know, a guy I know. Uh, it is just not a great experience. It's such a pain to it's get hard. it, download it, find a way to stream it, to get it on the TV. Yeah. It's oh, that's why it's. I mean, it's not more mainstream because there's a lot to it. Yes, it's not as easy as these streaming services. Yeah. Uh, the other article was about uh, several weeks ago. My pick of the week was Pluto TV, this new app where it's mm-hmm. ad supported. They have all these different channels, and it was talking about. These kind of things are gaining popularity. Roku has Roku T- Roku TV channel mm. on their devices, where it is. It's just more like traditional television, and they get some of the. You know, it's not the great. It's not HBO content that you want, but there's stuff on there that you could watch. You can get some news. You can get some different mm. things you want. Uh, but they're free services, so that's yeah. affecting the streaming. So, as we've been saying for two and a half, almost three years now, this. We're working through this whole cutting the cord streaming options thing. It's it's a mess, and eventually, hopefully, it'll kind of even out, and mm-hmm. there'll be a decent solution for everything. Right. Security story of the week. Uh, there was a guy actually here in Portland that did a whole. He got call, got a phone call from his supposedly his local credit union. It okay. was their support number mm-hmm. saying they needed credential information from him. Well, he's in. Uh, computer techie security guy and started thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So he wrote up this whole thing and they call it vishing voice phishing where you get these phone calls. So we talked about before the Microsoft support scams, which those are a little easier to see through, but when it looks like it's your bank calling you Mm -hmm. and they're saying, Hey, um, you know, it was something like $10,000 was just spent on your debit card somewhere. We want to verify this. You need to give us all this information. And they have little bits of information, yeah. uh, probably from some breach somewhere, mm-hmm. not necessarily with your bank. Your, with your card number ending in 
yes, one, two, three, the four. Last four. And so then they're trying to get all this data. So then eventually they're probably standing in an ATM. And yeah. once they get the data, they can put it in their special little device and start pulling money out, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's just something there should never be a reason that an unsolicited call that you get give them information. The best thing to do in a case like this would be to hang up, log into the website of your bank or call the actual support number of your bank. Don't, if somebody calls you, do not give them information uh, because you could end up without your money. Mm -hmm. And a quick PDX fast foodie bonus tip on the security. Burgerville, our local burger uh, behemoth here in the Portland and the Pacific Northwest, they had a major credit card breach. Yep. Uh, everybody's credit cards in the last year just got leaked out. I don't know how this keeps happening. Uh, like, but If only there were like people who work in the industry that could keep these companies safe. Yeah. It's like hire these people. Yeah. And I mean, Burgerville, like, I, they probably have a hundred restaurants. Something like guess. that. Uh, so it's not like it's mom pop burger shop. They're, no. they're big enough that you have to put a focus. On you this. need to hire a security analyst to be on your staff. Yes. That can just be in charge of all this stuff. And if you would like me or to firm. do it, consistentech.com yeah. And I will take payment in Burgers with extra Burgerville spread because oh, that's what gonna, makes Burgerville. I thought you were going to say uh, Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin. <laughs> I will take Bitcoin. Uh, the bonus odd take, there is a new smartwatch on the market. I don't know if you saw this one I day. I did. It's weird. The LG W7 smartwatch actually has analog physical watch hands above the smart screen. Yeah, the screen's under it. The physical dials. Yes. <laughs> the physical hands are above it. And then... You can push a button and they kind of move out of the way so you yes. can see the text and they go back in place. It's weird. And then if you want to do the stopwatch, they'll like move together and move up. So then it becomes the stopwatch. Oh, I didn't see I that mean, part. it is just weird. Like, but in a world of a digital, you think it'd be so much easier just to have a all digital display. Yes. Like everyone else Why? has done. Why hands? I don't. Just to be different. Just and to be different. The video I linked to, here's the description from Digital Trends. A, also a Portland tech resource. Hmm. LG has a new Wear OS smartwatch. So Wear is the Google Wear right. smartwatch platform. It's kind of like the Android for watches. Yes. The Watch W7, but it uses a two-year-old Wear 2100 processor. So it's a two-year-old processor already. Has no heart rate monitor, no GPS, and no NFC for contactless payments. And it costs $450. So it's more expensive than an Apple Watch, and it doesn't have any of the monitoring. All it has is you can basically get your notifications on it, and it has these dumb analog hands. Here's the only thing going for it. It's a round watch that looks like a traditional kind of tachometer-type watch. Yes. When I'm looking at it and I see the the hands with, like, the, the three little stopwatch yes. tachometer-type-looking things, it looks really cool. But when they're doing the text messaging and all that other stuff, it looks really dumb. Yeah. So if it was just locked into uh, watch face mode yes. with, with some cool watch faces and nothing else, I could see this being a thing. Yeah. But trying to jam on those smart features, it just looks like I you're trying know. too yeah. hard. You're solving a problem that nobody has. It just and doesn't exist. They were talking about battery life. Apparently, it's supposed to go for a couple days with normal use. But then you can turn off the smartwatch component and get oh and just like a hundred days if you just use the analog but again why mm -hmm. not just buy a ten dollar for four hundred and fifty dollars i 
do not recommend buying this product. Yeah. If you do, feel free to do a review for us. Yeah, uh, I don't. But what I have seen, this is a ridiculous product. You know, it's not ridiculous, Dave. Our picks of the week. I'm going to agree with you on that. We're not about spending money on ridiculous smartwatches that have analog faces or arms. I keep wanting to call them arms. arms. Are they? What are they? Hands. Hands. I think it's Why hands? Why not watch arms? Hands. Why are they hands? They should be arms. Like you know, because arms are yeah. long. I don't understand it. Anyway, that's not the pick of my week. My pick of the week is going to save you money. Woohoo! Now, how many times have you got your fancy eight hundred dollar smartphone and you're like, "Man, I'm going to buy a game." Ah. Oh. Alto's Odyssey, two bucks. Who would buy that crap for two bucks? Oh. As you swipe yes. to the next free app on your $800 phone. Yes. See where I'm going on this? I'm being a little sarcastic. Um, but if you are someone of not a lot of means and you don't have an $800 phone and you're like, what is all this gaming thing? I feel like I need to get in on this. Well, you can simply pick up a cheap Amazon Fire Tablet. They're like 35 bucks, mm-hmm. maybe 40 bucks. You get one of those dudes. And what's great about that is Amazon has this service, and this is my pick of the week, called Amazon Underground Apps. And these are legitimate AAA game titles that you would find on other platforms such as iOS and Android. But they're made available for your Kindle Fire tablet for free. Wow. For just being an Amazon Prime subscriber. Hmm. It's great. Now, we've all heard of Alto's Adventure. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the most demoed app out there. The guy skiing down the hill, and you tap yes. it, and he jumps. Well, they came out a while back with um, uh, Alto's Odyssey, which is a four-pay yep, app. Yep. I bought it. One or two bucks. Well, guess what? It just landed in the Underground store for free. Wow. I de- it's on my Kindle right here. I'm going to turn it up so you guys can hear it. Listen to that beautiful, <laughs> beautiful screeching. I don't know what that was all about. Oh. I crashed. But you get the idea. If you want to get into the gaming scene mm-hmm. and you don't have a fancy phone, I recommend picking up a small, cheap Fire tablet. Not because it's a tablet, because you can get access to a lot of free games that you would otherwise buy. And they're not, you know, there's not a million games, but there's some really great ones, some racing games, ones like this, uh, that can keep you or a child entertained for hours for not a lot of money. And what's that service called again? Amazon Underground Apps. And it's mostly games, but there's some other apps that are in there. And they try to pick, you know, not no-name hacky type games like some real legitimate games nice yeah and being part of amazon prime if you're already doing that as you should and if you are part of amazon prime and do a lot of shopping there you should go to amazon.notnerd.com whenever you go shopping it redirects to amazon and we get a little affiliate kickback make a little extra money to support the podcast and you know what i'm gonna do with that money um so i'm gonna buy games that are not supported in the underground system that cost actual money. Oh, there you go. Or in-app purchases. Yeah, I wonder what they how that works with the developers, what kind of if they give them some kind of promotion or something when they decide I, to give their games away for free. Yeah, I think the deal is the developers of Amazon or the developers of Alto's Odyssey, they get the recognition, they get all the downloads, they get all the the mind share, and if there's any in-app purchases, they can mm. certainly get it that what Amazon gets is 
come to our platform because we have all the cool games and you can get them for free. So then you might buy a book or you might buy a movie or you might, you know. I like it. Well, my pick of the week is one that uh, nobody really needs, but it is, well, there is an industry that needs it. Uh, most of us do not need it, but it's a fun little utility. It is called Scanner, mm-hmm. and it is uh, S-C-A-N-N-R, so no E at the end. What does it do? So what Scanner does is it scans identification, like a driver's license or that mm. kind of thing, and it pulls the information most driver's licenses now have a barcode on them. So right. if you're a bouncer at a bar and you need to check IDs or if you're at a store or whatever, I think some stores, they can scan them now. It's built into the register, right. the right. Uh, point of sale system. But if you're a bouncer like the bar that I DJ at, they sit there and they hold the ID in the light, try to figure out if it's fake. Well, this one, it scans that barcode and it will give you the name, the date of birth. It'll automatically tell you if they're a minor or not. And then uh, one of the stories I was reading, somebody used to scan the barcode and that was a completely different person than the information on the front of the ID. Hmm. Uh, so it's just a great genius service yeah. uh, that is very usable for anybody that needs to be able to check driver's licenses or check identification. I'm sure it would work with like school IDs, that type of thing, to be able to make sure, give you one more step of validation mm-hmm. to make sure that something's authentic instead of you see the bouncer if you go places where they're needed and they're like holding it up trying to find the little holograms to see if the hologram maybe the light shining just right so they can see it maybe it's not black lights and blue lights and all kinds of weird stuff so Mm -hmm. uh if you are in the security industry and need to check identification check out scanner very cool Uh, you can do some free scans and then there's a subscription service so anybody can download it and try it out and make sure that you're actually using an authentic or check your children's IDs, mm. make sure they don't have any fake IDs hiding around. Uh, which brings us to there is no fake reviews <laughs> no. in our iTunes Not a podcast one. reviews. Uh, we love it when you guys go to iTunes, leave us a review, and so we read one every week. And this week, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great review, five stars, titled, Meh, It's Fine, I Guess. <laughs> The review says, this is a great podcast, lots of good info, but we could use less Gilmore Girls references. Mm. Great show, guys. Uh, There was a time several episodes back where we were getting a little, well, you were getting a little heavy on the Gilmore Girls references. Hey, it was part of my household. There were members of my family that were watching it, and I just couldn't help but reference it. Well, we thank you for that. So keep leaving those reviews. We're going to get caught up eventually on them. Uh, that one was from Jay Butler 81 PDX. Mm. Uh, so thank you, Jay Butler 81 PDX, for listening and for leaving a review in iTunes. There is a link in the show notes that will take you to the page so that you can leave us a review. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode. So get out there and tech better. <laughs>